a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. How can your telco be involved with rural development? I'm your host, Andy Johns, and that's the topic we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect Podcast. I'm joined today by Hilda Legg, the State Director uh, for USDA Rural Development here in Kentucky. Hello, Hilda. Thanks for joining me. Good afternoon, Andy. Thank you. Sure. You may remember, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, Hilda was on episode number 72. So uh, number 72 uh, was would have been last spring, I think. Um, so you can go back and listen to that one if you would like to hear uh, a little bit more about uh, Hilda's background and all of the, the organizations she's been involved with, because she's certainly uh, a busy person. And I appreciate you sitting down with us for a couple of minutes. Good. Uh, Hilda just presented here at the KTA conference here in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, we are uh, recording a, a few podcasts here from the conference and uh, kind of gave everybody an update on things going on with the USDA. But what we want to talk about on this episode of the podcast is a lot to do with uh, with economic development and how a telco uh, can play a role in that, particularly on the communication side and uh, you know, kind of to, to fit the audience. So uh, what are you seeing um, lately, Hilda, in, in ways that telcos are being involved on the front end um, uh, with a lot of economic development in their area? Well, you know, we always in our rural communities across the country have talked about how we connect. And in fact, USDA has uh, renamed its sort of effort in this broadband world as e-connectivity. But when you go back to our earlier decades ago, uh, we connected our households to electricity, but the big connectivity was roads. And then it was farm to market roads. How did you get people with services or goods into where the marketplace was? And so the farm to market roads drove what the states prioritized in their funding. It was all about your gravel and your blacktop. And there's a, a, a million miles of little twisted pig pass across rural America that were blacktop that hardly two vehicles could, you know, meet uh, and, and get by each other because of that priority. Well, today it is not about the roads and it's really not about connecting to my neighbor with a telephone line. Okay. It is really about e-connectivity. It is about the broadband. That is the most essential infrastructure that I think American communities need, especially rural areas of my focus. And yes, we need clean water to live. Sure. That's absolutely. And yes, we need electricity to run our equipment. Right. But that, but the connectivity that has changed and it is so volatile and is so uh, new and expensive and invasive in every aspect of our lives, none of us could have predicted two decades ago. How, that we were going to read our daily calendar off of the refrigerator, and the refrigerator right. <laughs> would tell you that the milk was, carton was empty, then that that would then communicate back to Walmart, who then electronically would communicate to the supplier, right. and then communicate, and then actually helps to uh, account for how much production a farmer does. Now, that is really connectivity, and sure. that's really that's today's modern day farm to market because it goes from that. Uh, dairy farm to my refrigerator door in my house. And so 
that's where I think we in our broadband world and in our economic development world have got to understand the magnitude of what this connectivity means. It is not a luxury. It is a absolute demand if we are going to grow our rural communities. So we have to think about our product differently. When I was at RUS, we got the first big broadband amount of money, and it was really how to upgrade that connection. It's not about that. It's about how you live your life. It's about who's seeing at my doorbell, who's ringing my doorbell. I mean, it's every aspect of our lives now. It's about getting medical um, treatment. So we just have to think of it differently, and it is really the most uh, critical infrastructure. Sure. So how have you seen uh, telcos or, or state associations or other groups? Are, are there some creative ideas or some, uh, some success stories that you've seen of folks uh, really getting that message out there and, and connecting their, um, their efforts with broadband deployment? with either state or regional or local economic development groups? Well, one of the topics we've talked a lot today about is is forming partnerships. And at USDA, we have a new sort of a tagline. We call it IPI, and it's um, infrastructure, which, of course, broadband is. And it's partnerships, and it's innovation. So I would take partnerships and innovation together, and I'd say step outside your box, do it differently, think about it in a different context, and then look for the partners to make it happen. So I think we have to change our sort of mode of, and co-ops are particularly uh, notorious for this because it has been a safe ground. And telecom in general, but they have monopolies. Whether it is AT&T, Windsor, any of the larger ones, they have monopolies on their territory, just as our small um, independents and telephone cooperatives have had. Those days are over because what happens is broadband and connectivity uh, rises above the mountains, it rises above the county or the right. territory line, the footprint line, and so you have to look at it in total. So one of the things that I have seen, I've actually seen mergers between electrics and telcos, right. and then that particular entity understood they were in the infrastructure business, and they picked up, uh, they bought a water company. And so okay. in my mind, that relationship, it doesn't have to do away with the original business and the and the Uh, expertise and the loyalty of the telephone people. It doesn't have to diminish the electric provider that way, but when they have that water plant as a part of what they're doing, they can begin to think how to upgrade. I mean, electric substations need more fiber all the time. Um, You can then build off of that to your households. Every time you lay a water line, you should be co-locating a conduit for fiber. Even if those aren't connected, you're going out a ridge or a a valley, uh, an area that that maybe you don't have connectivity for the broadband yet, if you co-locate, it's much less expensive, put that conduit in the ground, and then, and work with your telecom provider to make sure you hit all those specs, and then when you are able to put a connection package together that you can finance, you've already got conduit in the ground much cheaper, that becomes an asset for the water program if they load it, laid it. Um, and so you begin to look at how it's interwoven. So one of the key things I think our telcos and, and electrics have got to understand is they are not just a telecommunication or electric provider. They are a critical link in the economic development. 
So I would challenge you. I would say, okay, do you have you talked to the state highway office guy lately? Do you know where they're going to be thinking about in their ten-year plan? Where are they going to be laying um, access roads, or where they plan to rebuild or widen the road? All of those are opportunities to lay conduit for fiber. What is the water board's plan? What I just looked yesterday at multiple maps from a community. They know phase one, phase two, different parts of the county, different sure. industrial parks. Right. Every so is that telco there? Do do they know anything about what's going on there? It's a good question. And so I think our people have got to see themselves as the most important and critical component of economic development in our communities. They got to change the way they think about it themselves and then become proactive to get more engaged in that endeavor. Uh, I think that's that's a good way of thinking about it because there is, you know, there are those plans out there. And, and if you can be a part of those, it makes a lot of sense. Well, um, you talked about a little bit with the future there. If you can get out the crystal ball here just a little bit. Um, so when you're looking at the future, um, uh, when, with the way the industry is going and the other, one, uh, the other industries are, uh, partnerships, it sounds like, are going to be a big part of that future. Absolutely critical. For, first of all, technology. I mean, look again at how you distribute electricity. You pretty much do it the same way as you did in 1935 when you created the REA. You know, water line is pretty much you got to put that water in the ground. We are doing more uh, SCADA system management of leakages and things like that sure. for electricity. But it is in, in the telecommunication world. I remember when I was first at RUS and it was all about WiMAX and FCC was running WiMAX, WiMAX. And so, you know, it changes as we are evolving. And now wireless will always be talking about better wireless, better wireless. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I will admit I'm a, I'm a fiber person. I think it's the most right now future proof. Um, but I will say to you, I think the telecom industry is a much more uh, volatile in terms of change and development and discovery okay. from a, a physical standpoint, phys- physical science standpoint. Um, and so I think that we have to be thinking about that in terms of it's not just going to, we're not going to do it the way we've always done it. We really have to think about the future. And so I think the partnership here has to come because with the changes in the technology itself and the improvements in bandwidth and speed and the ability to connect and people on the ends of that line having created more applications and demand and economic opportunities that's going to require more bandwidth. I think that all of those things are so... um, that they are changing so constantly that you do need to be having more partnerships with folks in order to try to, number one, lessen the cost of that new um, that new technology, and that you also have to be looking at knowing what's going on in a different way. So, you know, and and, and we've often competed with our small cable companies. They don't like the fact that we think um, that we get what they consider subsidy, you know, from the telcos. And I think we've got to come over, get over those barriers because, you know, maybe, maybe that little cable company in the middle of the town can really benefit if we partner with them and we go in for some additional funding and they can ramp up their facility and we take in the rule and figure out a way to balance that. Numbers, it doesn't balance, but maybe we can be helpful to them. We've just really got to break down those barriers and, and talk about we're all in this for one reason, because if you don't grow vibrant rural communities, you're not going to have an electric customer. You know, those young people are not going to stay in rural America. 
They're not going to come back home after college. They're not going to start home-based businesses. They're not going to be educational opportunities. So an electric company, if they don't help partner with their telcos, they're going to lose customers. And the, and the towns are drying up as they are. Cable is going to lose. So everybody loses. And so it's not like, you know, should we partner? It's why not? You know, why would you compete? There's limited resources. So why would you compete? Why not partner? And then figuring out how that partnership can be unique and special to your area and your partners and building on everybody's strengths. So I, it's the only way to go, but we have to change our mindset and we have to start thinking differently and innovatively. And we at Rural Development uh, are really would love to be at the table by your side um, whether we're building you a new head in with the community facilities because you've got a broadband plan, which has you know, not been traditional, you've built it with RUS funds. So there's lots of ways attacking the opioid crisis. How could we take that and use a connectivity piece to deal with that and help that plug into your network overall? There's just being able to look. One of the things that I do, um, Andy, is I recommend to local elected officials, county judge executives, commissioners, and mayors, form a community broadband community if a committee committee okay. just an advisory committee doesn't have to have any laws or whatever uh, but bring them together and bring in your health care bring in your school system better understand bring in your farmers uh bring in your business people chamber obviously always get a high school student on there college student okay, if you've got like one make sure you have the youth engaged right because that is what we are really uh ultimately all about is keeping rural communities strong sure. and to do that it's going to take high-speed connectivity as well as other um, amenities but it is going to take that partnership and all those groups involved obviously have a vested interest in, in doing sure. that. So and they, it makes a lot of sense. Right. And they together, then you say, what does my community, what does my county really need? Right. You know, rather than a telco telling you what you need or an elector telling you what you need or the federal government telling you what you need, what is it that we really need and where do we see the resources and and how does this help us recruit better doctors to our community or improve our education, saving uh, bad weather days? We've got one of our really rural communities because they have fiber to the home. Every kid has a laptop and they are structured. If there's a snow day that every teacher logs on, they have their assignments, they work. You don't see that in rural communities and they lose, they were losing up to 30 days wow. a year. And they've been able to get the state association to sanction that, that plan and they now have 10 days that they can do. So, I mean, it's thinking like that. Sure. Then, and then having the leadership uh, to pull it all together. So it's exciting times for rural America, and I feel very privileged to be a part of rural development and just simply offer up to all of your listeners, um, call me. <laughs> it's hilda.leg uh, at ky.usda.gov is my email. Um, I'd love to talk with you um, in Kentucky or anywhere else about this issue because I'm very passionate about it, as you can tell, and um, I love rural America. Definitely. Yes, definitely, and and I've had the opportunity to hear you speak several times, and it's always a, a very strong message, very well said, so I appreciate you, you sharing that uh, on here. I know you're involved in a lot of different things. Is there anything uh, with uh, various summits or anything else you've got going on the rest of the year that you wanted to mention or promote while we've got you on here? You know, not right now. We're obviously trying to stand up the $600 million for USDA. That's taking a big chunk of time trying to make that program work for everybody and get out the rules on that. Sure. Uh, no, right now I've been very engaged in the opioid crisis, okay. which again is huge to rural America communities. Yes. Uh, so there's two issues coming out of USDA rural development that we are to prioritize our time on. One is broadband and the other one is opioids so okay. um, that's 
that's pretty much got me, you know. Yeah, so what do you do in your spare time? Solving <laughs> those two big problems. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm still trying to, you know, try to raise an 18-year-old into adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sure spare and time. And off to college. Spare <laughs> time is hard to find, I'm sure. So I appreciate you giving uh, us a little bit of that time and joining us on the podcast. So thank you again. Well, thank you very much for Story Connect and uh, Andy personally for giving me the opportunity. And anytime, give me a call. Thank you and have a great day. Wonderful. She is Hilda Legg, State Director of Rural Development for USDA. And uh, thank you for joining me again. We are uh, wrapping up. We've got a couple of more um, episodes we're going to be recording here at the KTA Conference in Lexington. I'm your host, Andy Johns. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.